the Pooch Parenting Podcast, a podcast for parents with dogs. I'm Michelle Stern, a certified professional dog trainer, mom, and former teacher. Living with kids and dogs at the same time can feel like a circus. I know because I lived it too. Join us as we interview a variety of experts and parents to discuss topics that will make parenting with dogs easier, safer, and less chaotic. Also, you can love living with your dog again. I'll always keep it real which might even mean that you hear the messiness of life in the background on occasion, but at least you know you're not alone. In this week's episode, I talk with Erin Katz, a psychologist who runs the website Apparently Parent out of Israel. We talk a lot about mindfulness, how to be present, how to apologize to our children, and overall how to set a good example. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Erin. Thank you for agreeing to talk with me today for the Pooch Parenting Podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm really excited to talk with you because I learned about your work when you and I both did Tribe Together with Stu McLaren. We were learning Mm -hmm. about how to support people using online services. And you and I both serve families. And what I loved about the work that you are doing is that you are approaching things from both an academic um, professional background, but also as a dad, right? And so I'm a mom too. So you and I are both coming at how to support families from the fact that we are raising families of our own. And I thought that you would be a perfect person to offer some perspective. So um, as you've said, I I am a psychologist. I'm a clinical psychologist and I'm I'm a dad. I I have two kids. They're seven and a half and three and a half years old. And I like to say that they are my best parenting teachers. I've been interested in, in parenting, I think, a little bit even before I became a dad. I, something that intrigued me in my work, in my academic studies. And as I went more and more into my own parenting, I, I started to learn more about what it really means to, to, to be a parent. And, you know, I, I, I can laugh about how I used to look at other parents before I became a dad and, <laughs> and, 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 and and tell myself, I'm not going to do that. And well, today I am. So <laughs> it's really different when you're in the trenches, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so too. I think you can be so judgy before the kids, before you have your own children. <laughs> it's so easy to think you'll do better. Yeah. It doesn't Remember, happen. Like it, it was so, it, it was kind of an issue in, when I started, uh, when I got my master's in, in clinical psychology and, and here in Israel, where I live, we have to, after the master's, you have to do four years of kind of an internship oh. where you, where you, where you actually practice with a lot of supervision. And I wasn't a dad yet, but I had, I, I had worked with children. So I had to also to kind of coach or mentor or help the parents themselves and it was kind of always an issue because I was this young man telling these at least 40 plus <laughs> years old people who already have children and telling them how to act with the children and how little did I know but <laughs> I, I I do believe that I did know some stuff not from my own experience but from from knowledge and today as I'm raising my own children I I think I can do kind of the mixture of both the knowledge about psychology and the attachment system, which interests me and what children need also uh, combine that with, you know, the day-to-day experience of, of being a parent. 
Yeah. I think it's really interesting that you said that because I think that one of the biggest perks that I have gained from being a parent in the line of work that I do is that I'm just so much more compassionate and, and Mm -hmm. understanding of everyone's circumstances because we have no idea what it's like to walk in every person's shoes, but we know what it's like to walk in ours. And if they're going through even a minute amount of similar experiences that we are, then we can just hold space for them to just say, oh my gosh, do you, you know, do you need a hug? Do you, do you need to vent? Do you, you know, are you wondering if you made a mistake? You know, maybe you shouldn't have gotten that puppy while you have a toddler, or maybe you shouldn't have had that extra child, but here you are. And let me help you get through it as best as you can, because we have to deal with the situation in front of us instead of wishing things were different. You and I were talking about this before we started recording that kids are watching everything we do all the time. And so we are modeling behavior for them, whether we realize it or not. So how does that impact our behavior as parents when we're not at our best selves? Because that can happen often, right? We have pressure, we have pandemic, we have job stress, we have bills, all of the things that we all are enduring, maybe health issues, how do we model good behavior when we ourselves can be struggling? Well, that's a really interesting question. And I think to answer that, you really have to understand that the most important thing is to accept whatever uh, is coming up for you. In being this, learning how to be in, in a place of acceptance, it doesn't have to be what some people sometimes may call radical acceptance, like you have to accept everything, because that's really hard to do. But when you want to kind of model a good behavior all the time, you have to accept that sometimes you just can't quote unquote behave, you know, in a good manner, not your kid and also not yourself as a parent, because you're stressed, you, you, even, even without a pandemic, you know, happening (laughs) in the world, but even more so, you know, we stress for time. We have to juggle between doing our jobs and and taking care of the children, and especially when you have young children, uh, like toddlers or, or you know, young school children. You when you still need to keep an eye on everything just to make sure nobody's killing everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 it's just hard. You you stretch too thin, and there's only so much you can do, even if there are two parents in the house, and you have to allow yourself to be in a place where you sometimes mess up. I mean, emotionally. So, you know, I, I sometimes get parents uh, talking to me about um, how they lost lost it on, uh, with the children and they just, you know, couldn't have it anymore. And they scre- screamed and yelled or sometimes cried uh, in front of the children and they're feeling really bad about it. And what I want to say is that it's okay. You, you don't have to feel bad about it. It's actually a very kind of good way to model that life has negative aspects to it and, and negative emotions. Because one of the things that really bugs me when I see parents and children is when parents are trying to dismiss the, um, the bad emotions that children have. So, you know, when, when, when a child doesn't get something that he or she wants and they get angry and the parent tell, tells them, don't be angry. You don't have the right to be angry about that. Ah. And, 
and and we do that i i i catch myself saying similar things sometimes as well because it's kind of maybe how we brought we were we were brought up etc so that's one thing that we can say or sometimes a child can be sad and cry so don't don't cry there's nothing to be said about it's nothing or when especially for the boys uh, parents can can say something like don't don't whine like a little girl or stuff oh. like that and yeah. yeah and so putting the gender issues aside for a second whenever we do that as parents we kind of sending the message that negative emotions are bad and we don't want to have negative emotions and then lo and behold 20 or 30 years later they come to my office as adults not knowing how to cope with negative emotions in their relationships for example you know in their adult relationships in friendships and romantic relationships so i think we as parents have to model that sometimes we have bad emotions and we can manage them because the thing that separates us from us adults from children usually is that we have the brain capacity to not control but regulate our emotions ah so we we can if we know how we if we learned from our parents or from other people from psychologists wherever we learn how to manage our emotions so if we can teach that to our children that's one of the best gifts we can give them i love that because i i mean i am always drawing parallels between people and dogs but, but that's the nature of my work as a behavior consultant because behavior is behavior and it's yeah. you know the the intrinsic feelings that a creature has um you know of of self um the feelings that come up with that are you know, applicable to, I think, all species. So I do think it's interesting that you're talking about regulation because I know that a lot of dogs, puppies, for example, can't regulate themselves at all. And so we have to set them up to be successful, right? Because they can't be successful on their own. And I think that draws some parallels to our role as a parent with children, that we have to set our kids up to be successful. So, exactly. you know, if they can't regulate themselves, if they're really angry, if they're breaking things because they're super upset and they just need just need to vent and get things out, then we can manage the situation. We can help them not make mistakes just like we can help a puppy not make mistakes. We can use a pen, for example, or we could put a leash mm -hmm. on to say, you know what, I'd like you to, I'm going to help you. I'm going to literally give you tools so that you don't act inappropriately. Right. And I think that if we talk about these things, I look at a lot of things through the lens of my life as a teacher before, because I taught for a long time. And I think that everything can be a teachable moment. And so mm -hmm. if we then are experiencing a hard time and then we talk about it with our kids, you know, I think that we're also giving them tools to, yeah. to hopefully prevent them from needing to see a therapist because they can't control their emotions in 20 or 30 years. Does that make sense? Yeah. Can you see parallels makes, there? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And when you, you were talking about how we uh, dog owners, we, we help our dogs maybe regulate themselves or we act uh, on their behalf when they're all over the place. We are actually making sure that they are safe, right? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes parents 
do not expect uh, don't know how to do that for their children they don't uh, expect their children uh, or maybe I, I should have said that they expect um, a measure of adultness from their um, from their children that we don't expect from our dogs and it's a, it's a funny parallel to, to make but I don't know if it's true but I remember that when we um, we used to have uh, me and my wife we used to have a dog a couple of years back and we read somewhere that dogs um, are or at least dogs like her she was a poodle they have like this they think like two years old children something like yeah. that I don't know if it's yeah. I don't know if it's if it's true or not but you can see the parallel so you yeah so you, your children will grow up from the two years old phase but when your dog is I don't know I don't know what is the equivalent of temper tantrums in dogs but they're it's all over the place yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what do you do? You, you maybe you put them in a pen, you put them on a leash, you, you make sure they don't hurt themselves or anybody else, and you know that it will pass. And you you do the same with children. <laughs> you don't you don't expect your dog to just re, to relax just because you screamed at him to relax, right? Mm -hmm. You don't go to your dog and you, you know if your dog seems angry because I don't know you you didn't give him or her a treat. Would you, um, you know, scold your dog and and tell him you don't have anything to be angry about? No, you're gonna make a funny, cute face and tell him who's angry now, right? <laughs> something like that. We don't do that to our children. We expect expect something else from them. And yeah, yeah, dogs and children are not the same. And we should expect something else from children if we we want them to grow up. But we are we are the scaffolding of their emotional life. We have to help them. We, we bring in the bridges that help them grow up. I love that. I'm writing that down. We are the scaffolding of their emotional life. I'm going to make, I'm going to make a graphic of that. I think <laughs> you're right. I think it's important that we do that both for our dogs and kids. I was imagining, <laughs> I was imagining a really tired parent dealing with a tantrum from their dog versus like in a, like in a split screen, right? So one side is them dealing with the dog in a tantrum and the other is dealing with the kid in a tantrum. And I was thinking yeah. about what you said earlier about how we often say things that are really mean and inappropriate. Um, you know, why don't you act like a big girl, you know, things like that. Like why, you know, you're getting so big, why are you still acting like a baby? And, you know, people can say things that are hurtful, and not helpful, but you don't say those things to your dog. I mean, I'm sure people say really inappropriate things to their dog too, but I'm since sure, the dog yeah. doesn't understand it, we're not causing damage unless our kids are watching us do it. But mm -hmm. instead we're just like, oh, don't be ridiculous. I'm sorry you're having such a hard time. And, you know, let's take some time and we both cool off, right? At least if we're behaving appropriately, that's what we do. We don't use fear or pain or intimidation or, or things of that nature, right? Because you and I are on the same page about using strategies that are, you know, obviously positive, um, that promote nice, you know, emotional well-being of our kids mm -hmm. and, in yeah. my opinion, of our dogs too, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is why, this is what, what our main job as parents is to provide a safe environment where positive experiences can can occur and can grow right 
Right. I think that's really good. Do you have any tips for parents um, to sort of shift their mindfulness a little bit if they're struggling and they know what they should be doing or they think they know what they should be doing? They want to do better than they're currently doing. Do you have any advice or any strategies that they can try to implement to I don't know, to become present and a little bit more grounded so that they can then model the appropriate behavior? Is it as simple as just taking a minute to cool off? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I, I, I think in, in a way it is simple as taking a minute to cool off, but it's very complicated to take a minute because sometimes you it's like you don't have the bandwidth. You don't have that minute within you. And hmm. that's something that I tell parents a lot. Take the time because you do have the time. You can step back in the middle of a fight because, you know, none of us, when we parent, we, we usually don't have to be in this emergency mode that we are in. So, yeah, sometimes we're rushing because we like to work or school or something. Or, you know, sometimes you do have to be on alert because, I don't know, your child just uh, climbed on, on a closet or something and you have to make sure it doesn't fall down. But usually when we're having an argument or a bad time with our children, it's not like we are in the middle of a major surgery, right? So yeah. we have to, we, we can't leave the room for a second. We can physically or emotionally, mentally, we, we can. So I think the first, the first thing and the most important thing is to really be aware of what's going on for you. And that takes a little bit of practice. This is why I think exercises that put the attention back inside, you know, inside your body and inside your own consciousness are really um, important. You have to make time for yourself, yeah. even in the pandemic, even with everything, even if you have five children, you have to find a couple of minutes a day to meditate. You don't have to, but I recommend that. And, okay. and, or, or, or something of the sort, because right. I, I, I believe, and I know the science says, and I, I felt it on myself, when you practice something like some kind of meditation or, or, or you journal every day about the things that happen to you and you open up this way of looking at yourself and at your experiences with your children in an open non-judgmental way you are helping yourself your future self that is going to find themselves in the moment angry or sad or whatever stressed you will be more able to step back and take that minute to cool off or count to 10 before you scream or whatever. And even if you, you know, you weren't able to do that, even if you did scream and you are regretting it as the words are leaving your mouth, when you are able to take the step back after the fact and cool yourself down for a little, and then you can say something like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Okay. But, but I was very angry that you did this and that. That's a, a very different experience, both for you and your child. And, and that's what being, you know, um, the responsible adult means. So coming back to your question, I think that there's, it's not like we have a little, I, I don't have one magic tip that can really help everybody here, but I think you need to find ways to be more present with yourself um, by different meditative exercises, both formal, like sitting on, you know, on a chair and 
focusing on your breath or informal practices um, that you can use. There are different types of things that you can do and, and getting present with yourself however you can. And when you do that, you are more able to do that uh, in the moment when, okay. when it happens. I think that parents need tips on what is productive and what we should be doing as opposed to what we shouldn't be doing. And I think the same is true when we are helping our dogs. It does nobody any good to walk around saying, cut it out, stop it, knock it off, because we're not giving them any constructive support on what we wish they would do instead. And sometimes it's as simple as saying, do this. You know, I, I've heard there's an app called Headspace and I've tried it mm -hmm. um, a long time ago and then I kind of forgot about it, but I know that it's a really popular app and I know there are other resources that we can link to in the show notes um, for giving parents some simple tools to just breathe, be present and feel your, feel your body and just um, calm down, regulate your breathing and things like that so that we can then approach our children in a way that we would want to model for them. Um, and I know what you mean when you say regretting the words as they're coming out of your mouth, because <laughs> that gave me this visceral memory of parenting in some of my not so successful days. Right. I mean, um, one of my two kids was adopted from Guatemala and we had a lot of very, very significant challenges with him. He had a lot of trouble regulating himself and, at times things were more challenging than I ever thought possible. And I am not proud of how I acted in a lot of those times. And I said things that I am so embarrassed to admit, but then eventually developmentally when we were ready to address those in a way that we could both process that information and those apologies, we could really try to move forward and step out of that and, instead of holding negative energy about what we did, we can move forward and try to have a better relationship moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's, I feel so good. I feel like I've, I'm on some other end of a, of a bridge that I made it, yeah. you know, to a certain point. And, and now it's a journey that you both took. It's yeah. And it, it can be brutal and it can, it can feel like it's tearing you apart, tearing apart your self-esteem, tearing apart your relationships. You know, I didn't know if our marriage would last and it has, which feels miraculous in retrospect. I, I have no idea how we managed to pull through that together. Cause it was, it was brutal. Um, where can people find you and find out more about the work that you're doing if they need some support? Because I know that you and I do a lot of different kinds of work and we can serve people anywhere. Yeah. So um, first and foremost, my website is called Apparently Parent. So just by going to apparentlyparent.com, they can learn more about me and, and my podcast, which is the Apparently Parent podcast, where I talk um, some sometimes by myself, sometimes I bring people to the show as well to talk about everything regarding um, navigating the waters of parenting. That's how I like to think about it. Yep. Um, and, and you know, there's an, one workshop that I created a couple of uh, a few months ago that is available um, online. And it's re it really is about finding and uh, cre creating what I call the, the parenting map. So I'm talking about the three pillars of being more confident as a parent. 
And, mm -hmm. and one of the major things there is what we just talked about, how to regulate your own, how to take care of yourself in order to, to be better able to be there for your child when they need you, when they need you um, not really angry or really stressed, but they need you in a different kind of way. So part of that workshop is really me giving some resources about how to practice um, meditations, if, even if you have just five minutes a day or during your work day and stuff like that. And also other things about finding your own um, your own North Star as a parent and other issues that I'm talking about. So that's also available if you go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash workshop. If you treat yourself better and with more respect and tender, loving care for your own self, you'll be much more able to do so for your children or your dogs or whatever. And everybody wins. Thank you, Aaron. I'm so grateful that you took the time to talk with us today. I'm I'm excited to keep sharing that ripple effect to everybody who listens to this. So thank you again. My pleasure. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Pooch Parenting Podcast on iTunes or on the podcast app of your choice. If you're looking for ongoing support for your family with dogs, be sure to get on the waiting list for my Thriving Parents with Kids and Dogs membership at www.safekidsanddogs.com. And don't forget to follow Pooch Parenting on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for listening.